Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. You are joined by your two usual hosts here. We've got Mr. Tom Mannering. Hello. And myself, uh, Josh Hartley. How are we doing this week, Tom? I am doing all right this week, Josh. How are you? Yes, I'm, I'm not bad. No, I, I, I'm, I'm a bit brain dead, If I'm, if uh, to, to tell the truth. I've got... Um, you slagged me off for the, like, when I said this the last time, but it's true. Like I'm moving house and work's really busy at the moment, so I've got I've got a lot on. All right, so I wasn't I wasn't slagging off you. I was referencing the the first world problems that you have in that right, you're going okay. for a an interview for a promotion and moving to a nice new house. You know all these all these incredibly positive things in your life they are they are but they're still it's still knackering i know and i'm not i'm not just diminishing that it it, it just made me chuckle a little bit because you know mm. oh life is so hard <laughs> it is it's yes as i Somehow. as i progress along the journey <laughs> such is my trials and tribulations yeah yeah so i'm i'm a bit like uh, just there <laughs> Is my is what's going on in my head at the moment, but I'm good. I'm good. Like I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to getting these things done. Yeah. And like out of the way, and then I can relax for a bit. And I've got I've got all the next week off just to get myself sorted in my new place. So yeah, um, it's kind of surreal that it's finally happening. Is it? A, is a house you're getting now, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a it, so it's a terraced house in Carlisle that I've got. It, 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 guys who are not familiar with Carlisle or the north of England, picture Coronation Street. It, it looks like that. Slightly yeah. less drama. Slightly less. Sli- <laughs> Considerably less drama, no. I hope. No, slightly no. less. I've, Great. Carlisle is a weird place. I'm going to get off topic, right? But yeah, Carlisle is a weird place. We lasted... We, we, we never even got on topic, no, so you're fine. I know, right? Yeah. So it's fine. We're not even on to the, the, the body of the podcast, uh, which will probably be off topic as well. Uh, yes. So when I lived in Carlisle, Carlisle is a very interesting place to live because it's very big. Like, it's not it's not a small town, right? Carlisle is, mm-hmm. is quite big because it covers a lot of area mass, right? It's got a lot yeah. of land that, that makes up Carlisle. So it's there are elements of it that feel semi like city like like a very small city or a very large town right Mm -hmm. but it's got a very small town mentality like yes which is really really surreal so when i moved to carlisle i I moved to carlisle to work at games workshop for anyone who doesn't know this and when i got there within about two weeks of having got there people were were coming into like the shop and being like oh you're tom you're the new guy and i'm like how do you know who i am <laughs> like, i have been in this place for two weeks i've met maybe like half a dozen people for longer than like a few minute interaction mm-hmm. in the shop and already strangers know who might know my name and like it's very weird about carlisle and i i've lived in a small town i've lived in a city i've lived in, mm-hmm. in things between but carlisle has this very like very um rumor mill type like very close-knit 
vibe to it. It is, yeah. It it it's a funny thing because like like it it's in in Carlisle, everyone knows everyone. Mm. Like it's there's like you know the six degrees of like Kevin Bacon is probably more like the the three degrees of any person in Carlisle. Yeah, and like, like I would I would know gossip about people I'd never met. You know, like so and so's doing such and such with so and so, and I'm like I. I don't know this person. Why am I privy to this information? So when you Why say not? it's like, when you say it's like Coronation Street, to me it, it did feel a little bit like that. That you know you had all this kind of tertiary drama that would kind mm. of eke into your life, and everyone would know everyone else's business, and it was because it's it's a lot of uh, I think because Carlisle is a lot of landmass, but it's all very centralized. Like the yeah. the town itself is is quite small. The town centre is tiny. Yeah, yeah, and like. like especially pre-covid you know everyone would come into town and that so word would get around quickly mm-hmm. so there yeah. you go that's my take that's on that. the, the, that was tom's ted talk on, yeah. on life in carlisle it's very surreal yeah. very strange i i but I, like i like it because i have uh my family are around there for a start and a lot you're of just a small town girl <laughs> <laughs> I nearly sang, and I, but I, but I repressed that that fear. You, you could you could you see that that sort of glint in my eye, just about to go into journey. Yep, yep. I could see it was just sort of you were you were holding yourself back. There was yeah. some restraint at work there. Yeah, yeah. But like I've I've got uh, I know a lot of people around there as well eh, because I lived in Carlisle, and yeah, you get to know everyone, and so it, it's and it like the past couple of um the past couple of months while i've been living with my brother it's been nice like touching base again with everyone and catching up seeing how everyone's doing um and yeah i'm gonna be i've got i've got a a lot of friends that are in a stone's throw uh, from my new my new house is in a part of carlisle called denton home um which is like just like a five minute walk from the city center yeah um and yeah, and there's a really, there's a really cool. It's I say really cool. It's a, it's a like a small little indie bar called uh, the Source uh, in Denton Home. It's actually in an old. They call it the building's called the Atlas Works. It's okay. an old like uh, uh, fabric mill, basically, which has all been split into different businesses. Okay. Um, and that in itself is an interesting thing because you have the source, which is like a bar and a gig spot right at the top. You've got a soft play area. You've got a hairdressers. And there's also a, a business that just describes itself as a fight club and, and a really dodgy sauna. So nice. <laughs> You've got pretty much everything there. You never yeah, need co- to leave. Covers all bases. Yeah. <laughs> uh. But yes, um, soon I will be I will be moving in. Um, but Straight until then, that uh, sauna when you get there. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> should we uh, Should we talk about some some board game at least adjacent stuff? Yes. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. Have we, um, we we were trying to look for any news to talk about, and we've got a we've got a new D and D book coming out. Yeah, so a couple of bits have, have been going on in, in the D&D community. Um, so we're recording this on Monday, so we're actually recording this very early in the week for us mm-hmm. because of, of Josh moving. Um, so tomorrow, uh, on Tuesday, uh, a new book will be releasing for 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons, uh, Fizzban's Treasury of Dragons. 
so this is a uh, a book, unsurprisingly, by the name about dragons. Mm. Uh, so it tells you more about uh, the draconic gods. They're introducing, well, they're, they're reintroducing the gem dragons into fifth edition. There's some new draconic themed uh, character things. So you've got some new ancestries for dragonborn, some dragon themed subclasses uh, for monks and rangers. Loads of stuff for uh, DMs for obviously like running uh, your dragon centric adventures, including mm-hmm. like new layers and things, and uh, a bit more sort of draconic beastery as well. So this isn't like a you know a big big name release. Uh, it's not going to be one of the big ones, but it's it's an interesting one because in every edition of D anD D that I've played, I've there's always been some sort of book of dragons. Um, yeah. Because they are, they're in the name, you know, Dungeons mm-hmm. and Dragons. So they are a big part of it. Um, so I'm interested in, in seeing what this is going to be like. I'll be picking it up because uh, I've picked up all the, the source books for, mm-hmm. for D&D 5th edition. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what's going on in there. So that comes out tomorrow. So it'll be out by the time this episode goes yeah. live. Uh, so you can pick that up if you're into it. Uh, other D&D centric news uh critical role started their season three on thursday uh just gone which will be two thursdays ago mm-hmm. when this drops uh and that's seen some uh mixed reactions from the fans generally positive uh i haven't watched it myself yet uh i will be catching up with it probably tomorrow um but it's always interesting i remember this when they went from season one into from vox machina and i think i actually talked about this on on a podcast at the time into the what became the mighty nine season mm-hmm. two um and the, there was a lot of people there who didn't really like the change that much and they you know right. there was some some resistance to it some people took to it you know like ducks to water but other people sort of struggled to, to get into it or it took them a while and we're kind of seeing that repeat itself again i suspect with with season three i think one of the the sort of the the main perks of, of Critical Role is that the audience becomes so invested in the characters because you spend, mm-hmm. you know, they, they do like a hundred plus episodes of this and every one of them is like three to four hours. So you're getting like between 300 to 400 hours of investment in characters, mm-hmm. which is like watching, you know, a hundred James Bond films. You know, it's ridiculous. Like how, how invested you would be at the end of all that. So, and that's great for Critical Role because it draws the fans in. They become really invested in not just the characters, but the the storyline and the game mm-hmm. and the players and the community. And it's a very engrossing thing. But then when that ends and something new starts, people get thrown off. You know, right? Yeah. Because you're you're fundamentally starting something fresh, and and we're seeing that uh, with some of the reactions again. Um, but on the flip side of that, you know, a lot of the community have responded really positively to it one thing i did find interesting uh is they actually did for the first episode they had it streamed in some cinemas in the u.s which is oh no way that's pretty big you know to, <laughs> that's a no, that's a big deal yeah so that was pretty cool um i would have i would have loved to have gone to like a cinema showing like mm. it, it plays at like three four in the morning here effectively so it's just not yeah. viable yeah. um but i would love to have, have watched a, a first episode live in the cinema that, that must have been pretty cool Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's kind of the big D and D news um, that's that's been kind of either going or on or, or coming up over this next couple of weeks, and it kind of segues into some of the things we're probably going to talk about, which is 
what we've been doing in yeah. D&D. So I suppose <laughs> we'll start with you since I've talked for a while because you played D&D a week uh, back on Tuesday. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was in uh, Dave Wright's uh, D&D campaign. So this, we're still playing through, the, well, we are playing through Avernus Rising. Uh, we've come to um, an unusual scenario. We're basically, we've been tasked with snatching this. It's the skull of a uh, of an angel, but it's the the skull is like a, it, the angel had a hound's head, so it's like a hound shaped skull. It's a Sorry, I know what you're talking about. The creature that it refers to, it's called a hound archon. There we go. Nice, thank you. No worries. Um, and uh, to get this, this has been um, this is uh, currently owned by um. Uh, this uh, arch demon uh, who throws fancy pants parties every now and then so it's the old trope that you find in like most campaigns at some point you've got to go to the fancy uh, <laughs> the fancy ball and mingle with the guests and try and and try and do that so as you can imagine my barbarian uh, my half orc barbarian excelled at that <laughs> so Really in your wheelhouse there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, in 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 all honesty, what what's what's been going on is we've been doing a bit of investigation around the around the uh, with the other guests. Okay. Uh, we've uh, the the skull is on display and has like a million like magical traps on it. Yeah. Um, we've managed to. There's a sphinx, not a sphinx, a male sphinx, which I didn't even realise that male sphinx and female sphinxes were called different things. Okay. Um, Tom opens Google to <laughs> to look this up. Um, he's bored at this party, so he's agreed to help us. Just I don't know for the for the for the fun of it. Um, meanwhile, there's a, a a lady minotaur there whose ex is a devil that is guarding this thing. So I've been there chatting with her to get this guy wound up so that he leaves his posts to come have a fight with me. Right, okay. Uh, and, uh, Are the you rest unarmed of the... at the moment, though? I'm unarmed at the moment, yes. Yes, I know. Uh, we're plan. getting... No, we, we're getting... Well, here's the plan, right? Okay, um, tell me the plan. Our wizard... Uh -huh. um, our wizard, uh, John's character, whose character name, uh, Yakovin, there we go, it, it came to me eventually. Yakovin can uh, summon item. I think, I, 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 I can't mind the exact name of the spell, but he mm -hmm. can basically cast a spell to summon an item. Okay. So we've put all of our gear in a handy haversack. <laughs> so, um, so that's how we're getting all of our equipment into this party. Okay. The downside is, as we left the session, I'm already outside having a fist fight with this devil. <laughs> so, uh, a, a Karkum, Simon's character, has just grabbed my axe and is running outside <laughs> with it so that I can grab that. Because I forgot that uh, devils uh, only have damage resistance, so like they don't take an awful lot of damage unless it's magical. So, yep. my fists are doing nothing. Yep. Yeah, I mean, fists don't do a lot of damage anyway either in fifth edition, uh, which isn't really unless you're good. a monk. Yeah, obviously monks are a special case. Uh, interestingly, mm -hmm. a male sphinx is called an androsphinx. An androsphinx. There we go. There you go. 
I did actually know the name, but I thought I'm going to Google it because I don't want to be uh-huh. stupid uh-huh. and say uh-huh. the wrong thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, because it's a, it's a monster in D uh, and D. Yeah. It's in uh, Pathfinder as well, so it is something that I've I've both come across and run before. Uh, that's cool though. That's really good. How how are you finding descent into uh, Avernus as a module? I really enjoy it. It is very different from the types of campaign that we typically play. Um, I would say it's like it's a lot lighter on role playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, or certainly, th- this is how it's panned out anyway. The, the, there's role-playing opportunities there, and we do it, but it's a lot more combat. Yeah. Or it's it seems to me a lot more combat-focused. Again, like, uh, I, I don't know if that... Is that the general consensus, or...? It's not just Descent into Avernus, to be honest. You will, you will typically find with the majority, not all of them, but with the majority of D&D modules from all editions, really... Hmm they tend to have combat is the main focus because D is a system built around its combat yeah like that is you know that's what the system was originally designed to do was just combat mm-hmm. role-playing came in later and only as additions have kind of come out has role-playing become more and more of a focus yeah and what i tend to find i have a few of the the D modules and there is you know they always come with maps there's always you know a, mm-hmm. a, a degree of dungeon crawling and that doesn't necessarily mean you're in a dungeon. The dungeon can be a forest or mountainside or things like that. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're basically just copy pasting a different time, type of environment in. Yeah. That's doing it a disservice, but it fundamentally is the same. the The role playing tends to come from there's there's two two ways you can get role playing. There's what you can make from the situation. Mm-hmm. So that can be either you're into party role playing or you know, just spending a lot of time with the one NPC in the dungeon who will talk to you, uh, mm-hmm. or maybe even trying to have role-playing sessions with villains that you've captured or defeated or whatever. And mm-hmm. then you tend to have your... You either have your between-session stuff, uh, like your downtime, or mm-hmm. you'll have your, like, investigation things and things like that. Um, my general experience of 5th edition modules is that they are probably... I would say between sixty to eighty percent combat, yeah, and then whatever's left is is your investigation and your role play. Like, and it, the other thing is as well that like combat takes so much longer than than role play does inherently, yes. because you know having a conversation back and forth, even if it's a really in depth, lot of storytelling, lot of role playing, you'll chew through so much more actual content in in a shorter space mm-hmm. of time. Whereas when you get into combat, especially as you start to kind of climb in levels, your combats take longer and longer and longer. Mm-hmm. Um, which will touch on one of the games I'm going to talk about in a minute, uh, where your your combats do really kind of bite into your your game time. Mm-hmm. Um, fifth edition's better for that um, because the combat is simpler, uh, but at higher levels you still start to notice that creep in turn time. Yeah, and I'm going to say this as well, and just to be clear, I'm not saying this as a criticism. No. In fact, I am quite enjoying it because it is different from the the games we normally play. It's yeah. quite, it's quite nice to just relax and just chuck some dice and smash some skulls and. Yeah. So no, I agree. I think I think too many people re- refer to like dungeon crawlers in a derivative fashion like there is mm-hmm. nothing wrong with a dungeon crawler there's nothing wrong with a combat heavy session i think i, I talked about on last episode how you know I, we had a, com- a, a game of warhammer that was entirely one combat 
there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with a combat session if everybody's comfortable with that kind of style and that's what people are expecting that's fine you know you can yeah. have great fun and it's, and f- for you personally playing a, a barbarian you're in your element oh yes <laughs> and, and as I said, fifth edition is a, is a system that is based on its combat. So of course, it's going to be one of the best things about it in how it runs. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say you can't spice your combat up, you know, with descriptive text, you know, with cool moments, with yeah. you know, um, good set pieces and things like that. Which I know from I I have seen parts of Avernus being run on various streams and things, and I've seen. I've read bits of it myself, and I know it has some fantastic set pieces in it. Yeah, um, which is one of its strengths, and it's such a, a unique location because you're in hell fundamentally yep. um, for for the duration of the module. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. Um, so no, I'm, I'm glad you're having a good time with it. That's really good. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know everyone's uh, everyone's been uh, enjoying it as well. We haven't had any um, haven't had any detractors in the party. Yeah, I mean, apart from John, John and Simon Harper being brothers, do bicker, but that that that's just amusing more than anything else. That that takes me back to like my first role playing group because we played. <laughs> uh, we used to play with a couple of friends of mine uh, who lived around the corner from from my parents at the time, mm. uh, Matt and Paul, and they were they were brothers, um, and they would bicker a lot, like not mm-hmm. just in games, but. Just in general, uh, in in games as well, uh, and I I don't really have any siblings that I I run for anymore, so mm-hmm. uh, I I don't have that experience. I do run for a married couple. Uh, that's that's always an experience, but luckily they're they're quite easy to to manage. So yeah. I suppose uh, we'll talk about the weekend because I think you had some stuff on at the weekend as well. Yeah. So um, the other gaming that I've been up to is um, I've had, we had a big uh, commander night, uh, Magic the Gathering commander night on Saturday. Uh, and my pal uh, Dan, Dan uh, Mason, who does uh, streaming on Twitch as well. I believe he's popped in on our uh, Twitch stream yes. uh, to, to check us out. But uh uh, yeah, so there was five of us uh, in total, and we managed to get three games in. I managed, I was playing a different deck each, uh, each game as well. Okay. So, uh, and uh, Dan won all three games. <laughs> so, um, I was playing. Uh, I, well, one of the decks I've been playing is the new blue black zombie deck okay. that uh, the pre-constructed deck that uh, they've come out with. And I, I want it to be good. I want to like the deck, but it's just not quite there, right. unfortunately. That's a shame. I will, uh, at some point, probably try and tinker with it and upgrade it a bit. But um, but yeah, I enjoy it, though. It's fun yeah. making loads of zombies and sacrificing them all over and over again. Um, the second game I was playing, uh, my Sithis Enchantress deck, which is... Uh, you know, green-white enchantments matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got off to a really good start, which immediately painted a massive target on me. And that's the problem with Commander. If you if you pull too far ahead, everyone else at the table just goes, right, something needs to be done about this guy. Um, I think Commander is, and this is my experience of it, is 50% Magic the Gathering. And fifty percent poker. Yes, because it's about <laughs> not giving away 
your strengths too early on and you don't want people that, like the two positions you don't want to be in really uh, it's a bit like mario kart as well you don't want to be right at the front and you don't want to be right at the back yeah you want to be like in the middle Just in if, the pack if you're if you're at the front you become a target and if you're at the back you become a target because mm-hmm. it can either get rid of you quick or they need to bring you down a peg um depending uh whereas if you stay in the middle you can tend to kind of blend into the herd a little bit and mm-hmm. and not suffer too much. Um, and I've I've been in that exact same situation where I've started out too strong and then it's just wham 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 and you're like gone. Yeah. You're down. You're 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 pushed from front to back and then you're in as as bad a position as you were in. Five yeah, minutes ago. yeah. Exactly. But it's good though because it keeps everyone in check and mm-hmm. it means you know usually it means everyone is having a fun game. Um, I always find Commander goes a little bit like Resistance as well. Like mm. you, You've kind of got that thing where you're trying to feel people out and you're like, has he got a board clearer? Like, mm-hmm. What's his strategy? Like, Especially if you, know, you don't play that often or you don't play people's decks that much uh, or you just don't know that much about magic. You don't really know like what tactics people are going to take. So you might see someone doing something and you'll be like, especially for me, I'll be like, what are they building towards? Like, Is there a weird end game here or? yeah well it, it's funny you should say that because one thing that we, we do uh i mean we, we we know each other's decks more or less by now anyway mm. but a, a common thing to do is what's called uh, turn zero um mm. and that's basically where you sit down and you actually have a conversation and just say right okay these are the decks that i've got available to me what kind of game are we wanting do we want like super powerful decks just smashing into each other are we going for something a bit more like fluffy and uh, uh, a bit more dirtly or whatever? And uh, you know, you like I would normally say, okay, this is my commander. Uh, this is what the deck is trying to do. This is how it wins, and yeah. maybe some other pertinent details. Like with my like more powerful decks, I'd be like, okay, this is pretty well tuned. It's got a lot of tutors in. It's got yeah. some infinite combos in there that I'm trying to assemble basically. So that's what this deck is trying to do, so that everyone is on the 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 same page going into that game and there's no like nasty surprises for anyone i think you've actually done that with me in just like normal games as well yeah where you've kind of gone these are my decks these are what they're about which is i think that's really good practice um mm-hmm. in in general uh for playing people and i i don't really need to do it because i just go oh my decks are shit and fluffy uh <laughs> <laughs> uh, which you know really saves me on that conversation. Uh, you can have you can have fluffy decks that are quite powerful though, because the final deck I played was uh, Krenko Goblin Mob Boss, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, for those not familiar with Magic: The Gathering, he just spits out loads of goblins, yeah, he creates loads of goblins every turn. So and and basically that deck is. I kind of just looked at all of my all of my cards, my card collection, and just went, okay, let's get all the goblins out. <laughs> let's pile them in this deck. Let's put some other things in here to make it good as well. Uh, and that's a pretty explosive deck. But I I, I played it badly. I play I made a I made a mistake. And Dan Dan in that game was playing thematically. He was playing his elf deck, and the elves came out on top <laughs> that time. Um, but no, yeah, I do, I do agree. You can do like thematically strong lists. Like, I mean, my my human 
uh, Innistrad deck is is horrible because it just it ramps so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, once you start to get token, get humans out, get tokens out, and get counters on them, it just mm-hmm. gets really unmanageable very very fast. Uh, and it can pretty much once it's set up, it can just swing and kill in in one turn. Yeah. Because um, I can stop you getting any blockers as well, which is just it can be nasty. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know what you mean. Like you can do thematic decks, but I do think typically for like your infinite combos or your really nasty decks thematics tends to take more of a backseat in those kind of oh yeah yeah that's uh, if if i'm building like a tune deck i'm not concerned at all about the theme yeah um although like i did have um i did have a deck there's a card called campbell um uh uh, consoles advisor something like i can't quite remind his exact name but he's basically like uh he's an advisor uh, type character okay. in the universe right he's quite sinister as well a bit shady so i, I just kind of thought it'd be fun to call the deck campbell fun police and just it the the deck is it's it's what's commonly called a stacks deck in uh magic the gathering which is basically playing a load of cards that stops people from doing things oh I hate so, those decks. yeah and do you know what right do you know what right this I built that deck in response to... I, when I lived in Glasgow, I used to play Commando with some of the guys from Geek Retreat over webcam. But when lockdown eased and I was living in the south side of Glasgow, there was a bunch of guys who would uh, meet up in the Granary, uh, one of the pubs on a, like a Monday night to play Commando. And they were very competitive right. with their deck construction. So this was my sort of... Okay, I'm in this arms race now, <laughs> so I guess I'm part of this. Yeah, so it was uh, it was great fun to play because again, it, but it's all about like being on the level, right? Yeah. You understanding what everyone's trying to do and trying to you know pitch yourselves uh, at sort of equal footing. Yeah, no, I get you. So I had uh, on, on the subject of card games, I had uh, Will up visiting this weekend. Yeah, uh, which was really nice. Uh, he came. And over you didn't play Warhammer. We didn't play unusual. Warhammer. So Will has. Uh, I don't think I mind me saying this. He's been at a lot of events, so he's been mm-hmm. on holiday for a bit, and he's been attending a few events as part of his holiday. So he went to uh, an Age of Sigmar uh, weekend at Warhammer World. Like oh, nice. Uh, he went down there and he, he spent a weekend down there with some of his friends and stuff mm-hmm. uh, and did an event down there and then he came back and then at the start of this weekend before he came to see me he'd gone to a one day 40k doubles tournament as well mm-hmm. so when he came over I said right what do you want to do and he said I don't mind I just don't want to do anything that involves miniatures because I've done a lot of miniatures gaming yeah, and painting and stuff and I was like that's fine like you know that's, that's no problem at all um so we sat down yesterday uh, and we played uh, some marvel champions so i actually got to bust out uh, some marvel champions and play it with someone hey, which was, nice. it was a treat uh but will's never played it before so mm-hmm. uh i kind of sat down and i said what, what do you want to play here's like all the heroes that you've got and he was like oh i, I want to play rocket raccoon so i was like cool gave him rocket raccoon good choice and i was like i'll take star lord because it's thematic at least mm-hmm. um i could have taken group but i I don't really know how the group deck works and okay, I, yeah. I wasn't willing to go down that rabbit hole just yet. And I was like, right, we'll play against the the first villain deck from the core box because you've mm-hmm. never played against. So it's Rhino doing a uh, bank heist, which I think you've mm-hmm. actually played. Yeah, I remember this, yes. So I was like, this is nice and easy. No problems at all. We got smashed. 
Really? Like, what really, happened? really smashed. Like these are these are the Rocket and Star Lord decks are two new decks. They're considered to be quite good, and we just could not deal with Rhino. It was it was funny, and we had a lot of fun doing it, um, and we lasted a long time. But we just couldn't couldn't bring. I it mean, on. let's face it, like fluff wise, Rhino's a bit of a rubbish villain. <laughs> I mean, he's just a big, strong, dumb guy. That's yeah. He just, he just charges at people. Yeah, he's, that's he's really it. Strong. Right, I've uh, met that guy. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> you know, he's 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 really naff in that sense. I like him as a villain, but. It, you and he's got like, it, and he's just decided I'm gonna wear a rhino costume with a complete with a massive horn on my forehead. Yeah, people, this will this will make people fear me. Yeah, you know why not go animal themed with your your villain yeah. uh, persona? But we like what we found we struggled with was Will was putting out quite a bit of damage, mm-hmm. and I had some interesting things I could do because Rocket has lots of guns and stuff and explosives. Yeah. And Star-Lord has a really weird mechanic where, which I like it, it's really thematic for Star-Lord, where he Mm -hmm. basically, he gets benefits for taking more risks uh, and doing slightly stupid stuff. Um, So what you can do is you can basically put more penalties on yourself, potentially, Mm -hmm. but get more benefits from it. So I was trying to figure out like how to balance this with like dealing with Rhino... But what I think where we went wrong was the two characters we chose were both quite low health-wise. Uh, and Rhino right, okay. hits hard. Yeah. So we were always kind of... Re- if he hit us, we'd have to spend like a turn recovering from mm-hmm. it. And then we got him to his second stage and then it just went real wrong real fast. Because <laughs> uh, he was just swinging at mm. us for so much damage. We had a couple of like side schemes come out and they were all popping off and we were just like yeah this has got out of control like real bad <laughs> yeah so i got i got knocked man. out and then will like just stood like will knew he was gonna lose on the next turn because he mm-hmm. couldn't stop rhino hitting the win condition mm-hmm. but he was like i'll just hit him for a load of damage for fun uh so we just had rocket like standing there gunning him down as he's like running away with all the money yeah. um which was fun so that was really good um so we, we got to have a nice game of that and, and Will wants to play some more of that the next time he's up. Hey, so there we go. That's yeah. good fun. So he wasn't um, he wasn't deterred. No, not at all, because it was a fun game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were going to play again today, but we got distracted like watching stuff on Netflix and YouTube. and Netflix and YouTube. Yeah. The, that old... Uh, that old chestnut. <laughs> that old two-punch combo. Oh, yeah. Destroying that, any productivity that That'll I get have. you night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh. And the only other thing I had uh, was on Saturday... Uh, also with Will, but this was online. Uh, we mm-hmm. we carried on our Saturday night campaign, so we did um, Five Treasure Company. Yeah, uh, the Pathfinder campaign. Yeah, so re- we we haven't checked in on that for a while. So how is that going? So they've the, it's this is one that started in lockdown uh, as a, a weekly online game, uh, just mm-hmm. for something to do on a Saturday night because obviously people couldn't go out and things. Um, and it's just all modules that I've been running, and they've mm-hmm. they've now hit level eleven, which is quite scary. Um, to think they've got that high already. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they've they've hit level eleven. They're currently doing a a storyline. So the last one, I think I had mentioned this on the podcast. They were stopping basically a living mountain attacking a dwarven city. Oh wow! Had okay. Kind of a kaiju attack. Yeah, uh, nice. From one of the the modules from uh, Paizo. And then in this one, uh, they're basically they were going to seek out this giant wizard mm-hmm. um, to get some information about how to unlock this powerful book. Um, 
when they got there, his floating castle. So he's got a castle that kind of like floats in the clouds mm-hmm. and has this like brass uh, walkway that leads up to it. Very, very wizardy. Very wizardy. Uh, yeah. So they were they were like getting up into his castle and that was under siege by giants. But it had a really cool, uh, the, the sort of final fight of that section mm-hmm. is you go into like the grand hall and there's like a statue in the center of the hall that the wizard's on top of like shooting magic down at all these giants that are attacking him. And mm-hmm. then there's a giant riding a triceratops uh, yes. in the room. Yes. So they have like this triceratops is like stomping all over him and they're fighting down the giants and that. There's been a bit of a running, I don't want to say it's a joke because I don't find it funny, but it, it, it is true. Do other people find it funny? To a degree. So That, that does technically make it a joke. There's been a, a running motif if you will, right, uh, right. that I am rolling really badly at the moment in this game. Okay. So my villains just cannot... Don't you always roll really badly? Like, I roll badly in general, but I will get, like, the odd 20 or the odd, like, mm-hmm. decent roll that kind of... The thing is, like, as a, as a GM, most GMs don't want to kill the players. So no. my rolls actually work in a game's advantage sometimes because I will, by default, my game will pull punches for me because my roles suck ass, right? <laughs> um, which is nice. Through no, through no conscious effort of yeah, your own. It's just, but... just I have the worst look with dice for whatever reason. Yeah. It's just been a, a, a fate I've suffered for a very long time. Um, but in this game, at the moment, I just cannot land a blow. Like, it's just everything I do fails. Um, mm-hmm. And it's been... It, it is quite frustrating. And, like, it got to the point, at one point, where I actually landed a blow on one of the players and about three of us cheered. <laughs> We're like, yes, I've hit. And I was like, we're so yeah, happy for you, Yeah, the bad guy's done something. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I actually landed a blow. But what's what's funny about it is, so they they beat the giants and they kill the giants, and then there's just like the triceratops stomping around, and mm-hmm. one of them goes, I think we should knock it unconscious. And I'm like, why are they knocking it unconscious? So they like knock it unconscious, and then one of them goes, "I think we should adopt it." And I'm like, "Oh no!" Mm, who uh, right? Who said that? Oh no! I think it was Barry or Will. Uh, yeah, that said it. Uh, so now uh, I've got a party that are domesticating a Triceratops. Uh, how, how? Yeah, that's gonna be tricky. Yeah. So basically, they have in their party they have a cavalier, and cavaliers mm-hmm. have mounts, uh, which means they need to have a very both a good ride score and a good animal handling score. Ah, right, okay. They have two things that go in their benefits. The Cavalier is very good at animal handling, and the Bard, which is Will's character, Will has never really played a Pathfinder campaign before. And Mm. we were talking, when we made his character, I said, what do you want to play? He said, I want to play like a support character that I can just kind of like do stuff to help the team. Mm -hmm. So we made this really helpful halfling bard with the bagpipes mm-hmm. um and he loves the character and he's you know he's played him for 11 levels now but one thing that he took very early in i said right here's here's the inventory here's your money go and buy what you want mm-hmm. and i came back and he'd bought like some basic armor a sword a donkey and a chicken and i was like why do you yeah. have a donkey and a chicken yeah and he was like well the donkey carries my stuff fair enough mm-hmm. and the chicken's my friend the chicken's his friend. And I was like, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have a chicken friend uh, unless you take 
animal handling because you would oh so right so he has it as well so he has animal handling and because he wanted to play a supporting halfling he took there's a halfling trait called helpful that Mm. means if you make an aid another check rather than adding plus two you add plus four oh nice these two halflings together are a an animal handling machine and I'm like, right, okay. Oh, they're gonna have, they're gonna have that uh, triceratops d- doing sits, doing fetch, yeah, playing so dead. I, like, <laughs> I said, like, <laughs> look, you can. They're on a mission at the moment, so they're they're going to basically track down these giants that attacked this this wizard's castle. And I said, right, you can't just leave the triceratops here. I said, it's a wild triceratops. Mm-hmm. If you leave it here, it's gonna go buck wild and smash the place up. And they said, mm-hmm. can we take it with us and domesticate it? And I said, well, the animal handling rules actually require you to, like, spend time, mm-hmm. you know, with the creature and stuff. I said, and you're going to be traveling. So, and I basically chucked loads of penalties at them. I was like, yeah. if you take it, you're going to be fatigued all the while you've got it with you because you're going to be busy, like, dealing mm-hmm. with it all the time. You'll be moving <laughs> slower. You'll be doing this. You'll be doing this. It's going to be this DC check. And they were like, okay. We'll take it and, and and they just they've just done it. And I was like, okay, give me the check. And they smashed the check. And I was like, yeah. cool. I've I've done everything by the book. <laughs> I set the rules, and you you met all my expectations. So that is yours. You have a triceratops. <laughs> I mean, they've earned it. Yeah, they they have frankly earned it. So, so I now have three halflings with a triceratops. So does the does the, the is the cavalier now riding the triceratops? No, because okay. he he is very much linked in with his mount. He has a, a sure. dog as his his mount, uh, and he's he's the order of the poor. So they're all about like mm. their connection to, to the dogs and things. So no, yeah. uh, the the triceratops is really just a really a team mascot at this point. A flex, if you will, on the GM. (laughs) Pretty much. It's, look what we can do, and I just have to go, "Mm mm-hmm. Yep, yep, you you did that. It is a beast as well. They could make, um, what do they call it when you have like a little platform on top of it? Like a palaquin. Palaquin, yeah, make a palaquin. They could ride in on that. I mean, That'd be awesome. It's it's definitely an option. It's it's completely If any of you guys are listening... You're welcome. Please don't. Yeah. <laughs> Please do. But like they're talking about uh, getting this triceratops back to their home country because they're like hundreds of miles to the north mm. and they like they sailed part of the way here. And Ewan, uh, who's been on the show, said to me, "Could I get the triceratops onto my boat when we go back?" And I was like, "I can't see how you could feasibly get a triceratops to get onto a boat." Mm-hmm. and have the boat support it and have it, yeah. you know, a creature that's never been on open waters, you know, cope with that. Um, that's going to be very, very challenging. And I try not to say no. I was like, it's going to be very, very, very challenging mm-hmm. if you do that. And uh, Barry just turned around and he's like, well, I have teleport now. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, the smart-ass wizard. And I was like, well, <laughs> that's fair enough, but a Triceratops is a huge creature, so you can't teleport it unless you can teleport four people with you. Okay. Uh, which you need to be level 12 for, and you're only level okay. 11. But Barry got an item really ha- really early in the campaign that makes him count as caster level one higher. So, looks like they're going to be teleporting a Triceratops at some point. Amazing. I love it. I love it. It's all come together. Real good fun. Beautiful. Beautiful. You love to see it. Pet Triceratops. You know, it's it's cool. Like it's 
it's really fun. Like, you know, these are the kinds of things as a GM, you just don't anticipate them. And mm-hmm. it, my degree of experience, I feel it's kind of on me <laughs> for not seeing this coming. Um, but it's good fun. I'm really enjoying mm-hmm. it. It's it's very silly. Uh, it was always meant to be kind of a, a slightly goofier campaign, although it has yeah. had some really dark moments. Um, but yeah, it's been really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's good. kind of my update. Yeah. Awesome. I think with that, we are just about out of time. So we'll bring this episode to a close. As always, thank you very much for listening. And until next time, take care. Bye. Bye.